we talk about justice a lot of ways. We talk about what's fair, as in that's not fair. The constant refrain of the child who doesn't get his way. We talk about restoration and redemption and reparation. And we talk about revenge. When you do unspeakable violence to me, when you damage me beyond repair, when you gouge out my eye, what's justice? Do I want what's fair? Do I want to be restored, redeemed, repaired? Or maybe, as the blood pours down my cheeks, as the darkness overcomes me, maybe I want your eye. If there was a book, and it took a year to read, seven years to read, a lifetime to read, if there was a book, and each page contained centuries. If there was a book, and that book was burned, over and over and over again, would you read it? I'm Mo Martin, and this is Radio Free Babylonia! Today, I want to talk about a classic text, a beautiful analogy for the complicated search for truth, beauty, justice, and the divine, an incredible synthesis of human nature and artifice, a surprisingly postmodern work, and a masterful culmination of an intertextual tradition stretching back generations. I'm talking, of course, about WrestleMania V when Hulk Hogan faced off against Macho Man Randy Savage in the match hyped as The Mega Powers Explode. The Mega Powers, which is to say the tag team of Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage, exploded, perhaps predictably for the toxically masculine world of pro wrestling, for the love of a woman, the glamorous Miss Elizabeth, Macho Man's manager and girlfriend. After months of tension over Hulk's lusting after Elizabeth, the duo finally came to blows on NBC's primetime special, The Main Event, feuding all the way to the pay-per-view event, WrestleMania V, and for years after, culminating in the complex storylines of No Holds Barred, the movie. I'm not going to pretend to understand the intricacies of the WWF storylines or angles as they're called in the pro wrestling game. I'm just a Jew with a microphone trying to make sense of the world. And before I tried to understand Lex Talionis, the infamous biblical law of an eye for an eye, I wouldn't have even considered myself a wrestling fan. But the fact of the matter is, it's impossible to understand the eighth chapter of Bhavakama, the Talmudic treatise on an eye for an eye, without understanding something about professional wrestling in general. So stick with me, yeshivaniks and Hulk maniacs. We've got a lot to talk about. Now the thing everyone knows about professional wrestling is that it's fake. The outcomes are predetermined. The wrestlers long ago assigned the roles of victorious heroes and doomed villains, or 
baby faces and heels as the backstage lingo of professional wrestling would have it. The matches are intricate dances, rituals that have attracted the notice of more than one postmodern scholar, either exorcising or feeding our cultural demons, demons like racism and toxic masculinity and homophobia. Now, the thing everyone knows about the Torah is that it's barbaric. It's the kind of brutal theology and legal code that makes Old Testament God a byword for vengeance and wrath. A brutality neatly summed up in Exodus 21-24, which of course reads, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. After what they did at the massacre, it's only an eye for an eye. An eye for an eye only ends up making the whole world blind. That was Ben Kingsley playing Mohandas Mahatma Gandhi, explaining one of the potential downsides to Lex Talionis. I specifically say Kingsley playing Gandhi, because while everyone knows Gandhi said that, it's not at all clear that he actually did. A small point, maybe, in the historiography of Gandhi, but we all saw the movie, and now we all know that he said it. That's a good example of an oral culture at work. What's more, as we'll see, Gandhi wasn't the only one who had a problem with an eye for an eye. So sure, wrestling is fake, but you don't get much more real than the Talmud, right? The stakes are high. The legal decisions described in its pages will be the norms for the Jewish communities of Israel and Babylon, and then, as chance would have it, for all Jewish communities in perpetuity... But keep your eyes on the fighters, friends, and watch the mega powers explode. The Talmud comes around to an eye for an eye in a funny way. The Mishnah, the earliest layer of Talmud, seemingly ignores the law found in Exodus and instead describes five payments that must be made in any case where a person injures another person. So the Gomorrah's first question is, hey, what happened to an eye for an eye? Fine, says the Talmudic interlocutor, and throws up its hands. If you want to believe it's an actual eye for an eye, then what do you do with the Torah law saying that you make a payment when you hit an animal? It'd be pretty silly if we paid for animals, but not for people. And, before I let you go on, Mr. Bloodthirsty, what do you make of the law saying, don't accept ransom for a murderer? For a murderer, no, but obviously you do take ransom for an assault. And, what's more, mister, it's only fair if I take out his actual eye. What if his eye was bigger than the eye that got lost? What if it's smaller? Didn't the Torah say that there would be one law for all? How can there be if eyes are all different sizes? Or what happens if a blind person pokes out someone's eye? What, you're going to take his useless eye for your perfectly good one? What then, Mr. Smart Guy? Okay, so the Talmud doesn't exactly say Mr. Smart Guy, but you get the picture. Sarcasm is not such a modern invention. The Talmud is dripping with it. Clearly, says the Talmud, taking the Lex Talionis literally, demanding reparations for the injured party in the form of an actual eye, would be preposterous. It doesn't really matter whether Gandhi said an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. What matters is that we remember him saying it 
as a succinct restatement of his nonviolent ideals, not to mention a hint of rejection of Western civilization. The Talmud doesn't care if there really was a controversy over how to interpret an eye for an eye. More than likely, there wasn't. Even Hammurabi's code juxtaposed laws about people damaging people into the context of monetary compensations for animals damaging people. It's possible that nowhere in the ancient Middle East were they taking out eyes as a punishment for blinding someone. Where the angle comes in. Where the Talmud is conning us. Where the rabbis of the Talmud become showmen, like Randall Mario Pafo and Terry Jean Balea, a.k.a. Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, is how the Talmud records their rulings. The Talmud loves an argument, would much rather state an idea as a back and forth than as a straightforward law. But there's a big difference between an actual fight, a knockdown, drag out bloodbath that could cost you, say, an eye, and the sort of disagreements that we find in the Talmud. Because at the end of the day, Hulk and Macho Man and Rabbah and Abaye shake hands, go home, and no hard feelings. The Russian philosopher Mikhail Bakhtin, in discussing the novel as an art form, said, Experimenting by turning persuasive discourse into speaking persons becomes especially important when struggling with another's discourse. One's own discourse and one's own voice, says Bakhtin, will sooner or later begin to liberate themselves from the authority of the other's discourse. Now, I'm no expert at philosophical language, but I think Bakhtin is saying that there's value in throwing two ideas against each other, even if you're the author of both ideas. It won't be like a real fight, but the show of pitting two voices against one another will develop better ideas than just making an argument for one side would. Something about the human quest for justice has a hunger in it, a fierceness and a violence. The first rush of adrenaline that washes over me when I'm hurt makes me want to hurt back, to lash out and snatch your eye right out of its socket. But is justice the process of freezing that emotion or of pursuing a peaceful and sustained society? There's a beast in all of us, but more importantly, there's a person on the outside. But the beast needs feeding now and then, so I need to see a fight. To exercise my own bloodlust, I need to see the rabbis lay an epic smackdown on each other. Ideas have to be wrenched up, thrown out, spat on, pile-drived. Pile-driven? The point is we love a fight. The heart thrills, the guts roar, and the brain starts taking everything in detail in slow motion. That's why the Babylonian Talmud makes everything an argument, because it's an oral text. And we can't pass on an oral tradition if we don't remember what happened. And while you might not remember a list of legal opinions, everyone knows Rabba and Abaya disagree because they're sparring partners and they get rough. You'll never remember Terry Jean Balea and Randall Mario Pafo as anything more than two extremely overmuscled men on the street. But if you were a certain kind of kid in the early 90s, the Hulkster and Macho Man ripping each other apart was a battle on the cosmic level of good versus evil. And what's great about this is that it doesn't even need to be a real fight. 
So long as the mega powers explode. So long as we get an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, you can stage a fight with a wink and a smile. It worked for Macho Man. And it works for your 550 CE heavyweight champions, the rabbis of the Babylonian Talmud! This episode of Radio Free Babylonia was written and performed by Mo Martin. Special thanks to Harry Waxberg, Jamie Goodman, Noah Bickart, Rachel Rosenthal, and David C. Coleman. Radio Free Babylonia was produced and edited by me, Michal Richardson, for Jewish Public Media, which creates Jewish media for all audiences. If you like this episode, get in touch with us at RadioFreeBabylonia.org. While you're there, check out Talking in Shul, a roundtable of brilliant and witty ladies discussing Jewish topics that matter. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and just about any way you listen to podcasts. We're everywhere. But we'd love it if you'd subscribe and rate us in iTunes. It actually helps. Thank you.